If you like weird history, true crime, haunted and paranormal, then pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a video component to our favorite Ghost Town episodes at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Episodes like The Los Feliz Murder House, The Toxic Lady, The Black Dahlia, Janis Joplin's Hotel Room, The Haunted Roosevelt Hotel, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's youtube.com slash J-A-S-O-N-H-O-R-T-O-N. And while you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you. It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton, and I've been practicing uh, saying Patrick O'Sullivan a few times. Uh, who's You've only here. known me for yeah, but I don't say. It. When do I say your full name? Well, you don't read it every time you. Yeah, but I don't say it. It's the difference <laughs> between saying it. You know, you're a stand-up, right? Yeah. You 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 have to. I mean, you can write down the jokes. You could uh, look at them, but when you. You usually say them once before you get on stage, right? Sure, and you bring up good good point because a lot of stand-up hosts just say whatever they want about my name. Pat, Pat Sullivan. <laughs> Pat Sullivan's kind of cool, though, man. It's uh, faster. He won the Heisman Trophy in, like, 1954, some guy named Pat Sullivan. Is, is that is that ruining your, like, Google search? <laughs> well, I, there's a Jason Horton. There's a, uh, a huge black football player. Oh, you know what ruins mine, honestly? There's a former NHL player named Patrick O'Sullivan. Uh. So, so we got these sports guys ruining our. I mean, we're not. We don't have anything to ruin. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. There's like nothing. It's more important that they're because they have people that they're like making happy, and they're like yep. they have like real fans. Yeah, like people actually really care. Yep. They spend money. You know what I mean? So what? It's I'm mad at us. We should be changing our names. I'm mad at us for our lack of success. Oh yeah, so mad. <laughs> we should be. Yeah, I'm <laughs> more successful. Like I, you know, you get around other people that are in like the similar boat. I'm not saying we are, but you, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, it feels good to kind of like, you know, vent. And I was like, no, I feel feel bad for all of us. I don't. It doesn't make me feel better. But you've been on TV. That's the difference. <laughs> I don't want you to think like, well, why have this guy on the, on the show if you just doesn't do anything? But you like, right off the bat. People might not know who you are. They might think you're the hockey guy, and they're like, "I just finally got a hockey guy on here." That's go, why I say hockey guy. It. Yeah. Um. So hey, hockey guy. Yes. What's up, man? <laughs> well, what I like to do is take the ice with force and aggression. Oh, nice. Well, I'll take that. Is that a real thing? That's my iced coffee, not me talking about hockey. Okay. Um. I but I consider you somebody who is successful, but relatable, because you're well. We met how we met uh, through the internet. Correct. We're doing internet videos. Totally yeah, sketch. Let's clarify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> D- doing totally sketch. Um, uh, and if you just look up totally sketch in either of our names, a zillion videos are going to pop up, right? I mean, a few. A few. There's a few. Well, I mean, you're one of your was James uh, Jim Carrey sex tape. <laughs> oh no, we're bringing that out of the woodwork. Oh I thought yeah, that was supposed to be buried. No, on no, no. I'm bringing it right back to the surface because oh, you do a Jim Carrey impersonation, yeah. and the only thing that it was actually good for was to make Jim Carrey sex tape. I'm assuming. I don't know what else well, you've done with I, it. No, I've done some other things with it. Anything that got the visibility of Jim Carrey sex tape? That uh, got some views. I, I did an adult swim show where I played kind of... It's, it was, you know, all those shows on adult swim yeah. were so bizarre. So yeah. It was a mock interview where okay. I'm playing myself, but kind of him or a guy who thinks he's him. It's very. Un, it's kind of unclear. They're one of those hybrid... Yeah, but Jim Carrey yeah. sex tape, though. 
You know what I mean? Totally so, sketchy. He racked up some views in some of those videos. And just so you know, that's a parody of a sex tape, not an actual. And you keep why do you keep winking? Yeah, they, we can't see that you're winking. Oh, I see what you're doing. It's not. Oh, yeah, it's a parody. It's a satire. <laughs> <laughs> that biting, biting satire that only totally sketches. But no, we know each other uh, through that, and um, you uh, and we've done things. In the Totally Sketch, Totally Sketch is a YouTube channel, Sketch channel. Let's be honest, Totally Sketch is just a guy. It's yeah, it's a guy, but but kind of a rotating cast, right? You know, in the same way, maybe Adam Sandler, Happy Madison, always seems to have pretty much the same actors in it. We hope, we hope, Michael Gallagher, can you get that kind of career where you just (sighs) keeps churning out these movies on Netflix that uh, (laughs) you cast us in? He's trying. Nobody, I mean, and then things, you know, because you were in the thinning. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's, uh, what else? The Internet Famous was there. Right. Um, he's making Funny Story. Funny movie. No, Funny Story. Funny Story. It's a new movie. I was not in that. Yeah. I gave him shit for that. Yeah. It's a re- I mean, I saw the first cut of it. It, like, looks like a real movie. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Which is kind of freaky. It, like, looks like, I was like, oh, this is, like, I forgot that it wasn't one of his. I, I thought I was watching a real movie. Hmm. Which sometimes I don't get, like you know, from internet famous because I know it's you know I know it's going to be a par- it's a parody and I know that everything people are playing themselves in, right. in a way you know, um, but I saw first uh, first cut of that it was uh, nice. it's good yeah but yeah. I thought the thinning looks was like good. a real movie that looks sure. like a real yeah yeah it is a real doing, movie they're doing a thinning too but you're you you died in that right it's unclear I'm I've, I've been lobbying <laughs> I've been sending some texts going what do you think if you're just yeah let's say yeah, anything to get you could have been beheaded and cut off of the torso and you're like but guys. Hear me out. Yes. I can be reanimated in this world that you've created. It's movie magic. But you've been in, in like, real stuff, too. You uh, There was that, The Neighbors? Yeah, that was an ABC sitcom I did a recurring yeah. role on for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. Ken? That was an ABC sitcom <laughs> I did a recurring on for a year. But, it, yeah, they were both, I mean, really fun, awesome experiences. I, I would love to have more of those. Well, here, okay, so from where I, like, I'm, you know, I audition for plenty of stuff. I've done, you know, ABC Digital. That mm. was my, you know, little co-starring thing I did. Uh, yeah. Um, which I felt, I was just seeing your name in one of those, like, Chirons, or, what it, or whatever, and, and, like, thing, when you see your name and, like, oh, this looks like I'm on a TV show type right. thing. It's very exciting. It does not happen to me often, unless it's, like, true, oh, it's still exciting. True TV, or Top sure. Point Out, or one of those kind of, kind uh-huh. of things. But um, when I see that, um, I'm like, oh, that looks successful to me i don't know what's going on behind the scenes but to me it's like oh this dude's like because you did those two things and you've done all this other stuff and you do you do comedy you're a stand-up you know what mm-hmm. i mean you have a vehicle for doing all these things i want to talk a lot actually i really just want you to talk about stand-up because okay. you know i've annoyed pretty much every single person that's done stand-up in my circle and outside of my circle as i've been planning my like uh, starting to do stand-up. Right. Um, so I want to talk a lot about that. That's a lot if it's for me, but if anyone gets anything out of it, great. Uh, <laughs> but when, from where I'm seeing, it just seems like work begets work. Is that not, like, what's really going on? Right, I, I believe that. Yeah. Because I always find, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go into all the stories yeah. about how I got these things, but a lot of them are unconventional. Okay. It's because I was doing something live and somebody saw me and then they referred me for this and then I was able to get in a room because I still do not audition very much, and which is part of my frustration. And uh, so creating those opportunities, whether you know you're creative or not, it's just by really you know putting yourself out there. Content, you know? Yeah, so putting your, so just 
getting out there and doing the work that represents you. Mm-hmm. And people see that and they're like, okay, well, I've seen this guy in action. Right. You know what I mean? Like more genuine than you're probably going to get in an audition, you know, because if they see it and they're like, Ugh, I don't like this guy. Chances are, and maybe you look up some other stuff, you put him in a room, probably not, not going to like him. I mean, theoretically. Right. Um, so you kind of putting yourself, putting yourself on stage, not, you're not doing it to be like, any agents out there? CA out there? Nah. You know, you're just going out there to, you know, kind of tell, perform and, and, you know, tell yeah. people what you think is funny and, and, and entertain people. And if you get, you know, attention from that, I mean, it's the, I mean, that's the hope always, right? Sure. Well, it's also the people you work with, you know, you're hopefully creating a reputation around town with people you work with that will vouch for you, yeah. you know? Like this guy, and, this guy will show up. And sometimes you got to nudge people and not be afraid to be like, Hey man. Uh, oh, try. I'm so, aggra- yeah. you know what I mean? I've always been like, Hey, listen, I'm down to do this. Sure. I'm down to do the sequel. I'm down to do the fourth one. The third one, I'm busy. Can't do the third one. Like thinning three, like I can't do. Not available. But but two and four and five, yeah, I'm available. So uh, how? Did, where did you? Where do you come from? The Bay Area. Okay. Do you go back up? I wouldn't pin you for the Bay Area. Really? What do you pin me as? Like Philadelphia or Boston? I get that a lot. That a little or Chicago, mm. something like that. San Francisco Bay Area, Millbrae, town about ten minutes south of the okay. city, and the peninsula, as they say. Do you go back there a lot? Not that much. I'll perform there a couple times a year. I mean, I was kind of, I was in the Bay Area this past weekend, but I was in Northern California. There's a difference, you know, Sacramento, and uh, so I, I, yeah, I go up there two or three times a year. I'd like to go up more. They've got a good stand-up scene. That's right. Well, that's why I imagine re-emerging. Yeah, I, would I, say. I imagine that like in LA, things can get like a probably I don't know, it's like bottleneck with all the the you know. There's a lot of stages and there's a lot of opportunities, sure. but there's also a lot of people. A lot of and the time itself and money. So, yeah. so you want to go outside of town is probably where you're going to make your money and get more yeah. stage time. Where right. LA, the average set I would say is you know eight to twelve minutes. Yeah. Well, then I can go. You know, like I did this past weekend in Sacramento, and do forty, and uh, you have forty minutes. Oh, I yeah. imagine you do, yeah. And uh, so, because I'm not, I'm producing a Netflix special. I need an hour, so <laughs> I guess forget it, man. <laughs> forget it. I don't know. I feel to me, I feel what I feel best about at the point I'm at is thirty minutes. Like I feel really proud of like I can do this thirty. You know, but if you uh, have to, you could. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in a situation where the feature did not show up and I had to do seventy. Oh, they must have been like pissed off. It was who's fine. Who's the feature? I don't know. It was in Santa Cruz. It was Easter Sunday. Oh, okay. And they said the feature. And he was like, "Listen, the Lord's coming back." I was like, <laughs> "I'm not doing this shit." I didn't hire him, and somebody else did. And you're like, "I'm a heathen. I'll I'll do whatever." But it was great. Those are the experiences that yeah. help you grow too, because yeah. I just you know did more crowd work. Took my time and took yeah. some more chances with some of the jokes. Like, hey, I always wanted to try this tag. This would be the time, you know, and kind and of, kind of get a, take the temperature of the room and kind right. of like use some of that. So when you were in the in the Bay Area, like, what was your was it like when you're like, this is what I want to be when I grow up? Did you always want to be a comedian or would you want more or less? I mean, when I was a kid, I was just a troublemaker. I wasn't a kid who was in performing arts or theater or anything. I was class clown, detention, mm-hmm. all that, and I wasn't able to kind of figure out or craft that or whatever until i got to college and then i started taking broadcasting and then theater and went oh, okay this is what i've kind of been doing all along but not realizing how to express it or that i wanted to express it you know like, did you have any like fallback 
I played sports growing up, but there was no, there was no. Fall so back. professional athlete was your fallback. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was a pro soccer player, so there, oh, okay. There was that pressure. Was he? Um, I, I'm not familiar. Was he on a team? Like, how does that work? In England, so, okay. and Ireland. Oh, okay. So uh, I did not. I did not. So I, I, I should get him on this. So I can talk well, some sports. He's no longer with us. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't say how I was going to do it. <laughs> it. Might not be used conventional means. But uh, what did what did so what did your family think of like the comp? Because you know what I mean. It's like one of those things where some family, you know, I don't know if you came from like like one of those like Irish families or something. Like yeah, that. they're my parents are Irish immigrants. Yeah, right. So they were just like, "This is what this is what you're doing with our sacrifice." No, not really. <laughs> I mean, my mom is pretty supportive. I talk a lot about her in my act. Yeah. It's a big hit. I had like one. I remember one time I did a show and the comedian after me, his first line of his set was, wow, Patrick, your mom is an excellent joke writer. <laughs> because I was just basically reciting what she said, you know. Yeah, just cashing in on your mom. That's cool. Hey, right, hey. listen, get, I wish, I wish I had, I, you know, but I don't curse in front of my mother, so I don't have anything. Oh, that's like the Irish way of life. Yeah, see, my yeah, my mom is Irish, and my dad is, like, Jewish. So mm-hmm. I'm, like, kind of in the middle, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I am. So at what point were you like, I like comedy. We're like, where there's certain. Like, for me, it's like when I, um, when, uh, when Three's Company was on and Jack Tripper, I saw him and I was like, wait, this dude is like, not like a typical like hot guy, but he women seem to like him, even though he's he's falling all over things. He's not super slick and super cool, but he seems really likable, and women seem to like him, and he's funny. And between that and then maybe like MTV's The State, I was just like, oh. Yeah, between those two things, I was like, I would like to do this. Yeah, I, I would say the most influential things for me, definitely Robin Williams. And I, I loved him, but also a big part of that was that he was from the Bay Area. And, okay, and, yes, and that, was, that was kind of my mindset the whole time. How do I get out of here? Yeah. And it's like, oh, he did that. Is This is achievable. But I also loved his stuff. And then uh, sketch comedy-wise, I was a huge Kids in the Hall fan. Yeah. I would... VHS tape. They they would hop around networks. Remember, they were on HBO and then yep. Showtime. They kept hopping around. And pro- kind of the third tier of all that is I really fell in love with all of John Leguizamo's one-man shows. I had those, those all on tape, too. So I think those are the three major things. And so what what did you – did you do anything in the Bay Area? You're like, okay, here's what I'm going to do to prepare to leave the Bay Area. Yeah, you well – You went to school. I went to, I went to school. I took theater at San Francisco State. And then after that, I took a thing called BATS, which is Bay Area Theater Sports. I know. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. I did a, a, like a comedy sports in San Diego. That's where I got started. There you go. That Keith kind of Johnstone. Thing. Like, yeah, that kind of like thing. So I took that program, went through there, and you did like a bunch of red team, blue team. Was it was it red team, blue so team? Long so, <laughs> so long like, ago. So long ago. You did little short, like yeah, each, yeah. Each team did it. Was it competitive or no? Yes. Yeah. So yes. each team did like a short form thing, and then everybody wins. There's no They're, winner. No, no, no. Well, they they have a winner, but yeah. And so that was kind of, but you know, I was also studying acting, so I never really pegged it as. And I guess that was kind of the thing too, as I followed Robin Williams' career along. You see him do Good Will Hunting and win an Oscar for dramatic acting. Like I wanted to do everything, you know. And I know there's the whole theory, and I get it. Most of the time, it's true. Jack of all trades, master of none. But at the end of the day, you're kind of stuck with yourself. And I feel like I'm interested in all these things. I'm going to put my best effort into all these things, and that's just who I am. I would be a frustrated, even more frustrated individual if I didn't do what I loved. You know, well, I, I I feel like I've at least I've heard you know I've 
done improv for a long time. That was my thing. Sketch and improv, never did stand-up. But over the years, you know, I've, you know, through the internet kind of affords you meetings and interesting things. You're like, so when can we see you do stand-up? I was like, I don't do stand-up. And it was for no other reason is I don't like to... I like to be surrounded by like cool, interesting, hot people and not be like focused on me, but maybe a part of something cool. And people, you know, generally like it's kind of a disadvantage because I think people want to see, you know, a stand up with a pilot that is also has social media or maybe he's doing a podcast or whatever that is. Right. Um, so I think having a couple of those things, but being, you know, maybe if you're like, I want to be a director and producer and writer and dramatic actor and Shakespeare. And yeah. Well, that's where the nuts what they're saying yeah. now, right? You got to diversify. You got yeah. I've heard this term. Have you heard this? Evolve or dissolve? Well, I don't know, but I know, <laughs> I know I'm dissolving. I mean, there's no way I'm evolving. What am I going to do I now? I don't know who came up with it, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a catchphrase. I wish somebody told me that, mm-hmm. not just, just now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I heard it before, because I know I'm just. Dis- I was like, "Oh, I'm dissolving. There's no getting out of this." Yeah. Um. So, did you do stand up in the Bay Area before I you dabbled? Yeah. I had a lot of start stops, and then I finally committed about eight or nine years ago down here. Okay. Uh, but I was doing it way back then, and a lot of fax machine jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what they were? They were like, because it was the first Silicon Valley boom, and I remember some of the jokes being. You know, I wish everybody would just dot com the hell down. You know? <laughs> and they're like, hey, asshole, it's the future, and your life is going to depend on it. <laughs> like, things like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was so young. I was just trying it. You should, I, I would just go take all those old jokes and be like, hey, guys, I'm going to get into a time machine. I wanted, to do, I wanted to do a show. I mean, I think people may have done something like this, but I have a shoebox that has index cards with those old jokes on them, and I would love to just do a show where I just pull them out and read them and go, hey, this is from, uh, you know, whatever year it is, and read it. And I would love there. that. Yeah. But I love that. You know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff I love. Yeah. So what, what, what was the impetus? I'm weird with words today. Impetus, is that a word? Go with it. Impetus? Well, I think it's it, I think it, word, right? Okay. What you say next matters if that is used correctly. Go ahead. Huge penises. Im, that's in <laughs> in penis. Important the, what penis. What was the impetus for you to leave the Bay Area to go to Los Angeles to get those big penises that you keep talking about? I don't know what's up with you and these big penises. Well, the industry was bulging <laughs> yeah. at an alarming rate, <laughs> and you had to just uh, uh, no. The impetus, meaning, well, I knew the barrier was, as much as I love it, there were limitations there, and I felt those limitations. And do you mean people that actually kind of nudged me along? Yeah, like, what were you like, you know what, I'm I'm going to L.A., like, and this is what is kind of like, like, kind of like pushing me out there. Yeah, I had a few things, you know, I, I kept trying to talk myself into it and trying to, I, I was not happy with my whole situation there, I'll say that. Can I offer you one of these? Oh, okay. one of these? You good? Okay. But you know what I mean? My whole my life there, I was like, this is just limiting, and it's not, and I'm hurting myself, so I got to get out of here. And there were a few nudges along the way. I was just telling the story the other day. There's a guy named Bo Bono. He created LA Casting. Oh, so wow. Okay. He like, created you know digital headshot submissions, which is a huge thing now. And, uh, and back then, he was a San Francisco casting director, and I remember I went on my first audition there for some industrial or something, and the camera operator was running the camera, and then he was just in the back of the room at his desk looking at papers. I thought I didn't even think he was watching, and I did the audition, and he's like, I finished, and he goes, hey, uh, I has got one question for you, man. I'm like, well, he goes, why don't you move to L.A.? I said, huh? He goes, you're good. Get out of here. I'm like, thanks, man. He goes, yeah, you need, you need to get out of San Francisco. Just move to L.A. I'm like, thanks. And you know those little things? As opposed, <laughs> well, then when you, as opposed to all the times you're like, you know. 
Get out of here. Get out of LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing for you here. Yeah, then LA. I mean, come on. Get out of here. Sending your ass back. Um, and when, when was that? How, was that? I want to say 2000 something. I don't know. You want to say it's 2010. But oh, yeah, it's yeah. more like 2001. <laughs> no, just to be like that. You know when you go back and like, oh, how long have I been in L.A.? Right. And then you say it and you're like, oh. Yeah, I try not to think about it's it. Ba- it's like, it's only been like five, <laughs> nope, ten <laughs> years. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I think I was in college. Just got out of college, okay. I think. Uh, so 86. So that, <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was, yeah, I mean, those little things, I think, nudged me along. They helped, you know. Uh, but I always kind of had that in the back of my head. Once I said I was going to be an actor or a comic, I'm going to school for this. To me, that meant you're going to follow through with it. That's why it was always surprising to me because I felt like I went to school with a bunch of dedicated people. And I understand, look, this town, this business is crazy. I understand anybody not wanting to do it anymore. But I always felt like, excuse me, <clears throat> had to do that. Uh, that, oh, we're all committed to this. We're going to see this through, right? Cause, and then you learn that about Hollywood more than anything, is that the people that succeed are groups of people, right? People that, like you were saying earlier, Adam Sandler has a camp, you know what I mean? These are his people, and they do all his projects. They, you they, want people you can count on, no matter right. what, or in a community that could support you, you know, in, in some way. Hey, can I crash on your couch? Yeah. Do you have a, an in for a job, or can I work on your project? Whatever it is, yeah, trying to be like, I got this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was told I was... Some guy in San Francisco told me to get the hell out of here and head to LA. Like I don't need any of you. No, it no. is. I always talk about. I always talk about like having. You know, I had like a um, like the YouTube community I had like an improv community or like acting, and then like normal people, like regular people, people with health insurance. I'll call them like yeah, this Ooh, group. Those are like, successful. I, people. I know. Yeah, the people with health insurance, and it, you know, with all those communities, it helps you get by. So I mean, I feel you on that. Yeah. What did when you got here? Like what? Because I feel like this thing when I look back and I'm like, if I had to like remove to LA or move to another city or what people do when they get here, like I don't know, maybe the internet. Uh, I mean, the internet was around when I got here, but not in the way it is right now, where sure. it's like it creates so many opportunities, but it also is just a lot of noise. Um, like, what did you do when you got here to like move forward and like survive and stay here and all that? Well, my thing was just to take classes, and then also uh, I got an a-, a job in advertising. I installed restroom ads you know those ads above the toilets oh yeah so i used to go everywhere san diego uh all over la orange county to just install them install them sell them at times okay repair walls because these are a lot of dive bars who owns but like who doesn't the, the establishment owns the space above the thing right mm-hmm. so who are you zoom media is the company yeah i'm from i'm that's like the one yeah i feel like i might have done in san diego i think i did a zoom media ad for some kind of like bar video game. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and it was like in a mag, like one of those kind of like San Diego magazine or something like that. But so, who are you se- like? What are you? Se- you're selling. They already have the space. So, what are you selling them? The app. The app. Like you're the ag- paying the bar. Okay, you put the frame above the. Got- oh, so you're just like, hey, listen, we want to. I want to rent space. Yeah. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And, I mean, are they ever like, why wouldn't they say they're not doing anything with it? They don't. Well, some people have that experience where people come into the bar every weekend and yeah. rip it out of the wall, and there's a big giant hole in their oh, wall. Oh, okay. And then we got to go in because it's people are yeah not behaving. And some sometimes the wall just doesn't even work. It's like some they're like it's like a crazy marble wall. They're like you're not going to drill into our marble. Hell no. <laughs> what were like some of the 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 advertisements that were like the the ones people like oh yeah I want that. The ads, they didn't really care about the ads. I mean, we had some cool ad hookups. Like, we had Charmin, and there was actual toilet paper coming out of the frame. And and they shipped us way too much toilet paper, so we were allowed to give it to all our friends. And we were just driving to our friends' house. So I, I got my friend a job there, too, so we'd go. We, we were roommates at the time. So we, you had the hookup. Yeah, we turned... Toilet paper, Charmin, the best kind by double soft. Oh, yeah. The stuff you know you can't afford right now. I'm serious. <laughs> and, and we turn it into furniture in our apartment because we had so much of it. We had in a room, so we're like, well, this is going to be a table. Put those two together, drape a blue sheet over it. Boom, coffee table. <laughs> and then if, you run, if you're like, oh, shit, we can't afford toilet paper, just got, you got to start taking apart the table. Yeah, I mean, I didn't buy toilet paper for a good five years, I'm telling you. That is kind of an amazing. You know, you think back, it's like, oh, but I was like, no, good toilet paper? When you yeah. run out of toilet paper... Or you buy toilet paper because it's on sale and it really sucks. Right. You know what I mean? Because you don't think you deserve any better. Sure. And you don't. But <laughs> sometimes you want to splurge. Um, you can really measure where you're at in your career. You know. The, it's by more... the ply count. I always look at the ply count. Not just double ply. How many actual plies are yeah. in the roll? That's where they get you. They're like, oh, this one's cheaper. Oh, because there's 72 plies. That one has 96. This is a sham. Yeah. And you want you want that. You realize as you get older, you're like, my butt needs it. <laughs> or whatever you're using treat it for. myself. Yeah, I deserve it. Um, so did you hit stand-up pretty hard when you got here? No, more just acting. And uh, I took a class at the Groundlings. Then I eventually went through the whole UCB program, meaning, you know, level one, two, three, four. Uh, yeah, same And here. so, I don't know, it was always hard for me. I was so frustrated because I was, felt like I was doing a lot of things, but I couldn't get... An agent, I couldn't get. You were going, you were doing, you were taking all the right steps on paper, right? And Which, then I eventually just started saying, "Well, you know, I created that Christopher Walken stage show." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your, I, I mean, impressions are is one of your. Yeah, I mean, I've I mean, you strayed away from them. Yeah, but back then it was just a thing, like and you did know, the Sham Wow guy, right? Oh yeah, was that totally sketch too? Yeah, but I, I, did. I auditioned for that guy. He was directing like a some kind of parody movie, and I auditioned for him. And it was honestly like at the when I was looking, I was like, you know, listen, I'm not above anything. I wasn't like super like interested, but I was like, I have to go to this. Uh huh. If this guy and he was there, he was oh, like yeah, at yeah. the he was at the thing. I see him around town. What's he doing now? I don't know. Didn't he get in trouble? I feel like something happened where he got in trouble for something criminal. I don't I don't want to <laughs> besmirch his name. I know I'm using that word correctly. But he's made a couple movies, actually. Yeah. Um, so there's really no use for bringing that out. The Sh- <laughs> ShamWow guy. Uh, but yeah, just... I I was so frustrated by that, so I said, well, what can I do to enjoy myself? And this is at a time when Christopher Walken impersonations weren't that burnt out right, yeah. and created a stage show, and it like packed a theater every Monday night, so ran with it. And then we ended up kind of doing a mini tour we did it in New York, Sacramento, Stockton. Uh, that that classic New York, 
Stockton, <laughs> L.A. Yeah, so I don't know, and I did and I did a one man show, so I kept trying to do these things. Oh, and then Point Break Live, which I was yep. cast in, but just trying to stay active, like we were saying earlier. And something's got to give, and that's actually eventually what ended up happening is when I did Point Break Live, there was a guy who had seen me, and then cast me in another stage parody thing, and he was an actor who was on a show, and I was like, "Hey, man, I saw this. I'll suck your no." Dick. I was like, "This is one line." No, I mean just for not not for the job, <laughs> just because you're like, "Hey, listen, it's a Thursday night." You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. What you are you doing? Yeah. What 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 else are you doing? <laughs> What, what else? What, like, what, what, I haven't what, tried this yet. Yeah. Uh, no, he and I said, would you refer me for this line on a show? And, and that's really, you know, some people like scoff at that. And I was like, I don't know who I'd strangle for that. You well, know what, I mean? what I've found in this town is why you have to ask pretty much everyone is you never, he was not a really good friend. Meaning like I barely knew him. Yeah. Whereas I have good friends who would not do that. He was just the guy who's like, I think you're very talented. I'll do it. He didn't care. And what was awesome about him, so I gave him my reel, and he's like, absolutely. And he sent it to the casting director, and that, and she, I didn't know, was casting Neighbors at the time, a whole other show, and that turned into this. So did you have, did you have credits before, the, before I Neighbors? Cu- I couldn't get in the door. I, I went in on an audition in 2003 for a show called Dr. Vegas, and I booked it, CBS, yeah. co-star. I'm like, okay, cool, one for one. And then I didn't have an audition for, like a television audition for couple years and then it became six years at one point you know i just i don't know it never added up for me i i, I was i i asked around i asked to refer to agents everything and I, it was just year after year just keep going keep doing things something's got to break and then finally when so your first big kind of tv break wasn't you even going about it the way you know traditionally you're supposed to no it, it, well the thing that triggered that honestly like i don't think that would have happened if this didn't happen six months earlier, or whatever it was. It was 2012. I, uh, you know, remember they were making the reboot of In Living Color? Yeah. And they kept switching. I think I, I auditioned for all those sketch things. See, I, I couldn't get in on that either. And it was so frustrating. There was three different casting directors, and then I saw in Variety they had cast the show. I was like, okay, well. But it never came out, though, did it? I know. But. Uh, did Mad TV, that read, that. I think I auditioned for that, too. Did, did Mad TV. Yeah, my, a couple of friends of mine got cast on it. But did, did it. They put it one season, one season, okay. But with it, yeah, with In Living Color, I same thing, couldn't get in. Try, I mean, I tried to crash at one point, the audition wouldn't see me, and <laughs> then I got a long story short, I got a call like I got like 30 missed calls. I woke up one day and I was like, what? and all these numbers I didn't recognize. And so apparently, they wanted to add a cast member or something felt something was missing, and the cast writer went about it unconventionally and called all these people around town and these people that brought up my name were like a bartender I used to work with, a friend of mine, an ex-manager I had from years ago. And they're like, hey, sorry to do this to you, but can you come down today? And I went down there and long story short, they told me I booked it, but then it, in the end I didn't get network approval. But it was incredibly like, okay. It was it was my it was first a positive audi- sign. audition in six years. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got in. I did everything I could. And and man, I like basically booked it. Yeah, and which gives you, you know, you're like, I should keep doing this. Yeah. Sometimes you need those things. You need those little bumps to sure. be like, should I keep doing this? So then, a few months later, I got the same day neighbors happy endings auditions, and I booked both of those, and I was like, okay, good. <laughs> and with those, I mean, so when you're doing that, 
are, are you like then thinking like, okay, like from this, what's next? Or are you just kind of staying in the pocket of those shows? Well, I'm going, yeah, well, hopefully this means I can audition for other shows now, right? I, that's what I would assume. Or you'd get like some, like, hey, listen, a manager or agent, I'm already, yeah, I already did your job. I, I had a big agent meeting per se. They turned me down at that time, right when I booked that. <laughs> but you're, you already did the thing. Man, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I often feel, I mean, I know a lot of people feel this way, but I often feel underestimated, overlooked. And that's my path, and is my path is to just kind of go. Not in the FWB podcast. You're right, <laughs> right in the pot. You're right in there, right in the demo. But, you know, to keep going, and that if I keep doing what I'm doing, it will overcome those odds. So how did Dr. Ken come about? That was actually conventional. Okay. I actually went in through a manager, agent, auditioned. Was that, is it, it like a hip-pocketed thing, or is it your agent manager? My agent manager, yeah. So I mean, you're set with that now? Meaning you have one. Yes. Okay. Uh but yeah, that was just an actual oh I I actually just like a lot of people auditioned and got yeah. it. I mean through You're one manager. I'm one of you guys. I'm <laughs> yeah, one yeah, I'm yeah, one yeah, of you yeah. now. What was uh, how's that experience It was awesome because I just it initially started as a pretty small part and did one episode, but it was a great, great scene and then they brought me back for a little thing. And then out of nowhere, like, I didn't expect it at all. They go, hey, you're going to be guest star top of show, and your name's Dr. O'Sullivan. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was a super dramatic episode that they didn't have a live studio audience for because of the tone of the the show. And that was just – I just didn't expect it. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. You know what I mean? What I was saying earlier, I went there, did my job. It was nice to people. Try to show them a little something extra, like, hey, I, I can do other things. You know what I mean? I know you cast me in this three-line part, but maybe in this rehearsal, I, I improvise a couple lines here, and you go, hmm. I, I try to put those things out there. But, you know, you got to pick your spots. Yeah, you can't every single opportunity right. go, what about more me, though? Right. Like, more, I'm already here. Yeah. I'm already here. You don't even have to have someone come in. I'm already here. My car's already parked or whatever the situation is. <laughs> um, and then, so that... The sh- is the show did the show end? The show got canceled. The show yeah. got canceled. I've been doing. So you, I, you can't. You got the show canceled. Is what I'm. I got to get. every show. I get canceled. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's a show out right now actually because I got I got to plug it. It's on Centric, which is BET's second channel. Yes, yes. Uh, it's called Beauty and the Baller, and talk about unconventional. Oh my god, this guy Micah Jockway, amazing guy. He shot the whole sitcom with his own private funding. I mean, he shot the whole thing nine episodes four and a half years ago, and. Listen to how many no's in four and a half years. Even BET said no first. And they called him back a month later. All right, we want it now. But he said, we are going to sell this show. Four, and we're like, four and a half years. So man. you shot that? F- yeah. Because I was wondering. I was just like, because I, 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 you know, seen you mention it online and stuff like that. And I was uh-huh. like, what is the deal with this? Yeah. So they were like, we don't want you to reshoot it. We're just going to air it. Yeah. And he's a guy that I had bailed, quote unquote, bailed out of a situation years ago where he, he was doing a musical in Washington, D.C., and one of his actors dropped out, and I was kind of the last-second replacement where uh, a manager I had at the time vouched for me. He said, hey, this guy's not really a dancer, uh, yeah, <laughs> but he will not bail out on you. <laughs> and that's sometimes more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you – I mean, that is inspiring, I guess, to say that, like, just because you make you – know, just because you make – it's never over – until you really decide that it's over, because you can keep pitching stuff till you you die. Sure. I mean, I wrote. Uh, I mean, exa- I wrote a sketch in like 
2008, and I was like pitching stuff to Yahoo when they were doing Yahoo Sketchy, um, and uh, I was like, oh, I have all these this all this new stuff that I love. And I threw something like this other uh, called Freaky Friday the Thirteenth. It was like a mashup of. Sure. I mean, you can put the yeah, two, yeah. two together. And Yahoo's like, and it was like Yahoo College Humor. Like, oh, we love this. I'm like, really? That's like I, at that point, I don't know how many years old it was. Six years old, and you just never know. And it got made. Wow. And they it was one of the biggest production. I mean, uh, what's her name? Lindsay Lohan was like attached to it for a while. Then Hillary Duff, <laughs> and then obviously that didn't go well. But I mean, it's just one of those things where you like you never know. Your perception of what things are might not necessarily be what the best thing is. And right. uh, did that? So when that came out, were you like, oh yeah? I think we all were. He 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 could tell. We yeah. never said it to him directly, but he could tell. We all still doubted him. Yeah. We had a you know a opening night thing whatever recently yeah. uh party for the premiere and uh and in his speech you could tell he was like you guys where do you get the money this for wasn't that? gonna happen he's just, he he's able to gather for i mean some of the producers there's a huge music influence involved in it like one of the executive producers is uh ray parker jr okay so yeah he just there's a little names attached gathers the troops yeah you know and and wi- he willed it to victory so what are you in this it's a it's a bla- it's a black yeah, I'm, well, the network is uh, the network is geared towards black women, I believe. Yeah, and but I am Joe Camera of X Y Z, which is basically like TMZ guy. Oh, okay, you know? got it. And uh, they're kind of setting it up. Joe Camera's a very four years ago name, I think. Right? It's, it makes <laughs> sense. I was like, Joe Camera. Yeah, that sounds like a very like two thousand like what is that two thousand thirteen? We shot in thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. And. So that's who I am. I, the, the premise of the show, it's kind of parroting that, you know, there's those shows like Basketball Wives. So, but it's a more positive spin on that. Uh, so it's a star basketball player and pro basketball player, and he's got a wife in their life. So I'm kind of the paparazzi who follows the wife and her friends around. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully we get to do more. Yeah, or maybe in four years. I'll take it. Yeah, you'll do you'll do season five when you're seventy. That's when I'm on the thinning <laughs> the thinning six. Yeah. And the teacher's still not dead. He keeps yeah. coming back. He keeps coming back, and they're just like, well, it's like Patrick uh, Patrick O'Sullivan is Patrick O'Sullivan in the thinning seven. Who's thinning who? You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing. So uh, with stand up, I mean, when did you start doing stand up here? I mean, I'd say eight or nine years ago when I started to commit. Like I said, I did a lot of stuff. And, and what was stops. your what was your from when you were like, you know, I'm going to do this thing. What was your right. process of like getting out there and, and same hit, way, same way as now, pretty much hitting open mics and then eventually starting my own show at a bar, which was monthly. And so you kind of guaranteed yourself your own book show. Yeah, and it also to me, it forced myself to write more material because it was generally the same audience every time, and I'm like, I'm not going to say the same things to these people that I said a month ago. So it helped you write and riff and just do crowd work too so all that you know kind of influences your writing or can and yeah those kind of things and also just in unconventional manners you know where maybe somebody's got a band or a burlesque troupe and you would open for them you're just trying to get ways where you can go perform right. and get on stage and get better and stand up so to me stand up is so much it depends on how you go about it but to me it's so much about putting yourself in as many different settings as possible, so that you so you're can not adjust. just necessarily getting in front of this, getting in front of comedians every time. Well, also, so you can. So once you start doing like headlining gigs at a club, you can adjust in any situation. Somebody yells 
something out in the crowd, you yeah. have that muscle work right. where you're like, and you're able to put them in their place, riff on it, whatever it is that needs to keep the show yours and not the crowd take right. over, whatever, right? Or how to flip a crowd if maybe the first two comedians before you didn't do that well. All those little things, I think, come from when you go out to Van Nuys and do this crazy, insane bar where maybe somebody got stabbed in the parking lot <laughs> yeah. during the show. How long did you open mic for before you decided to do your own book things? Well, I'll still do some open mics every now and then, yeah. but... Because, I mean, I, I've only... I've been writing for months, and um, uh, I did my first open mic like two and a half weeks ago, and I've done like probably 11 of them so far. I mean, I'm like, which I don't know if there's all, but it's a lot for me who have right. never, never done and it And bar shows, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's the majority of Los Angeles is yeah. bar shows. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say two, three years before I started that, because I started that bar show yeah. that I produced in 2011. And yeah. That's Are you still it. doing it? That show? Yeah. No. Oh. You've moved on past that. Well, it's just hard to keep up yeah. and keep people going. I mean, it could be a little taxing. And also, yeah, trying to put my energy into getting more road gigs. How does, how does that, what it, like, to be like, hey, I want to play at your place and I want you to pay me? Like, how does that work? There is no right answer. And it's, it's crazy how you how I fall out of favor. I mean, sometimes it's. I feel like last year I got booked at a place because they had a hole in their booking where they double booked or something. They didn't have a comic that, that week, and they thought they did. So they said, "Hey, you're already in Seattle. Will you come up to Calgary?" How would they know? How would they know? My they, wife actually is in Calgary right now. She's oh, from really? there. Yeah. They saw me on the Seattle Club website. Okay. I mean, I'd been communicating with them before anyway, but yeah. they they just said no, nothing this year. I said, "Hey, here's my stuff. Will you look at it?" And what do you send them like a reel of your stand up or yeah, like a bio and a yeah. reel and, and also maybe a short thing in the beginning just yeah. to ask them like, Hey, do you need anything? What do you need to see? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a constant thing, you know, you still go through cause I don't have stand up representation per se. You know, that's gonna have you toured get you those gigs. Well, what's tour mean? I, I don't, don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, I, I see people and yeah. they have a picture of themselves as a bunch of tour dates next to them. To me, a tour is when somebody else actually produces like you going on the road to all these places i i don't like going on a tour i went i went here and then i went here on my own yeah. accord which yeah. is cool which is admirable but it's really just road work i know yeah. not a tour per se uh but i mean i've done it in seattle calgary san francisco sacramento man i'm sure i'm forgetting a lot new york i'm doing stockton uh, what about stockton stockton i have not done stand-up in Stockton. <laughs> san diego of course okay. uh Festivals, Atlanta. Yeah. I think that's all I can think of. That is definitely all I can think of right now. <laughs> so what's your next, like, what's the next move for you? Beside more of the same, which is everybody. Right. But is there any, like, what, you know, are you going to, like, make a special or, like, what is the, the next? Stand-up-wise? Any-wise. Uh, yeah, stand-up, I would love to put something down, whether it's an album, just to have something to show people or even sell at shows. And... Anyways, to me, I feel like to get out of the things that frustrate me, I think it's the answer for a lot of people. It's got to create projects, yeah. right? write scripts. Just like put yourself out there in as many different ways mm -hmm. as possible. Does social media help any of these things? Does anyone really care about that? Besides, you know what I mean? I just felt like I was, I'm late to the game and everything. Yeah. I joined Twitter late. I started Instagramming late. I, whatever the next thing is, I need to jump on it like that. LinkedIn, baby. Link no, 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 no. Get on that LinkedIn thing. I got a lot. I, my my LinkedIn is bumping. 
got what? job offers like and stuff. Are you I, was early, I was like early, an early adopter, but and I'm not really big, like I've just added. You know what I mean? Like I keep it updated, but I'm not uh-huh. like on it every day. But I'll yeah add people. Just checking because of parking meter. Oh uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, LinkedIn. That's that's gonna be next, man. I, I think I might do this now. You yeah. might have talked me into LinkedIn. Listen, there's people. It, you gotta if there's an audience or why well, I say audience if there's people there, like you gotta put whatever it is in front of those people. You know. Right. So I mean I don't know. It's Why like not? female comedians, and this is smart. They go. They basically use Tinder to advertise their shows. Oh, are you on? Are you finding that out? Like in like, actually on Tinder? No, or through through comedians. Okay. They'll, they'll post it, and you know what I mean. That's smart. Yeah. Hey, maybe you should do that. I, I don't know if that would help. Right? They'd be like, <laughs> oh, God. I already don't want to. I want to swipe left on this dude, and I don't want to go to your show. <laughs> so it's like two no's at once. <laughs> so maybe don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, it might not be good for me. So where can we uh, find? Well, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, uh, like, well, we all do, my things, bump... which apparently I was told this is wrong too years ago, but I was too stubborn. Is that my name doesn't sound like my name? All my things are Trick Sully. Yeah, which people go like, what? They don't get it. I'm like Patrick O'Sullivan. What? Like Scully? No, 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 no. It's X Files. Sully Sullivan. Okay, uh, there's a lot of work here to look you yeah. up, but it is Trick Sully on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, LinkedIn, in the Listen, future. I don't know. It might be might be already. T- Maybe I'll take it and I'll sell it to you. You won't know. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you can uh, say hello to me on at Twitter uh, at Jason underscore Horton. Uh, you can want to check out my YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's branding right there. Trying to get your name, but somebody's not available. Yeah, but you uh, lost me on the underscore. Well, listen, trust me, I don't like the underscore, but I'll, it's it's respectable. If you can't get Jason Horton out there, give it up. Give me that because Patrick doesn't like the underscore. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, up every Monday. Uh, if you want to email us, uh, fwbpod at gmail.com. It's a new email. fwbpod at gmail.com. If you want to maybe read one of your emails, and uh, if you could subscribe and rate and comment on iTunes, check it out on Spotify, oh, Stitcher, mm. SoundCloud iHeartRadio. I don't know where people listen to this stuff. Uh, yeah, everybody. Uh, Patrick O'Sullivan, also known as Trick Scully. <laughs> Trick Scully! <laughs> oh, man, come on! <laughs>